0: I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on Jam Master Jay of Run DMC. His position as a hip hop pioneer and icon is unparalleled and his murder in 2002 shocked millions around the world. Now nearly 18 years later, there've been arrests for that case, but who was Jam Master Jay really? We're gonna talk about the man, his music, and also the murder investigation on this episode of Street Soldiers with our amazing panel. Joining me is Chuck Kreekmer. He is the CEO and co-founder of AllHipHop.com. Chuck, great to have you with us.
1: Thank you for having me, Lisa.
0: Thank you so much. Also joining us is the one and only Marley Marl. He is a Grammy award-winning producer. He's a WBLS DJ. We featured him in a solo piece on Fox 5 News at 10. He's also a hip-hop legend. And if you don't know, now you know. Marley Marl, thank you for being with us.
2: Honored to be here this evening.
0: We appreciate it. Also joining us is Dr. Robert Gonzalez. He's a criminal justice professor at St. John's University, former NYPD training commissioner, and has his own unique connection with the hip hop community. Rob, great to have you with us.
3: Great, Lisa. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being with us. Chuck, first let's talk about October 30th, 2002, when Jam Master Jay's life was taken. Where were you?
1: I know exactly where I was on that that terrible day. I was at a concert with none other than Big Daddy Kane, who wow. Molly Ma knows all too well. Mm-hmm. And we were at a show enjoying ourselves. I was with my best friend, uh, Chris, and he, uh, Big Daddy Kane, got on stage and made the uh, announcement that, that something terrible had happened to Jam Master Jay. Uh, you know, he really did say, it was kind of vague, but we knew he, he had died and had been murdered. And I think everything else at that point kind of just went blurry. And uh, we were just completely blindsided. And um, I don't know that, that nothing's really been the same since.
0: And the whole vibe must have just totally changed.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, like a switch.
0: Marley, where were you? And we're going to talk about how you knew him and touring and all that. But all just right. where were you on that day?
2: Basically, I was at home, and I got a call from the program director. I was working at 105 at the point, and um, they was like, hey, nobody wants to go on the air. Do you want to go on the air and calm the city down about it? I was like, all right, you know, Jay was my man. I felt that's at best that's what I definitely had to do, so I went on the air on Power 105 and was taking calls from people, you know, calling and venting out their frustrations of, you know, the murder of Jam Master Jay, and it was a very incredible night because that night showed me how the world really, really felt about Jam Master Jay. You know, sometimes when you're behind the you know, scenes and you're doing your thing and you're working out with a, with a crew like that and you just, you know, you're doing your shows, you don't know the real impact that you're making. You know, and he was a bad boy on those turntables. Definitely. <laughs> Ooh, what
0: kinds of things were people saying as you, as you were fielding those calls and people uh, were in shock?
2: People were like, yo, I can't believe this. How could this happen? You know, it was like, wow, you know, Jam Master Jay he's such a legend. He was, like, so real in the street. I had, like, Jamaica, Queens was calling up. Everybody was like, yo, he went back to the neighborhood. You know, he didn't even, he never left the neighborhood. He put a studio in the hood. He was getting hood cats, you know, giving cats deals, you know, bringing people up. You know, how could this happen? You know, he was a good brother. You know, I mean, it was it was a very sad moment in hip-hop.
0: No, definitely. And, and he did. He had He had that... Strong, strong tie with the community that he kept, you know, even after all the fame and touring around the world and all the all the accolades.
2: Yes, definitely. And I mean the 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 New York City area, I mean the world was shocked, but you know, when I was on the air and straight hair in New York City dealing with the people straight on, it was it was like a lot of sadness. People was really, really upset because you gotta look at what Run DMC did for hip hop. Right. You know, they they opened the doors, they was like the first ones too to go pop in hip hop, if you know what I mean. So, you know, they, they, cro- they crossed the bridges for every, every rapper today that's out there making it and doing that thing and got that pop crossover crowd. You got to think run DMC because they were actually the first ones to bring that into full. Right,
0: exactly. Like we we'll walk this, walk this way. And we're going to talk, talk about, talk about that too. That brought it into a whole other area with the, the genre crossing. But um, Dr. Rob Gonzalez, you were with the NYPD for many, many years. After his murder, which people were very shocked about because this wasn't a gangster rapper. This wasn't a guy that was talking about, you know, doing things in the streets, gang life or anything like that. People were were very shocked about it. But there was also from investigators that I spoke with at the time when I was covering the story for Fox 5 News. The nobody was talking. So when you hear now, 18 years later, Mm -hmm. that there have been arrests, what's what's your take on that?
3: Well, usually when you're dealing with high profile, especially rappers specifically, there's always a different, you know, various conspiracy theories as to what the motive was. In this particular case, it went from everything from maybe a romantic situation that went bad to maybe a drug uh, deal gone bad to maybe uh, someone as it relates to uh, issues within the industry itself. You know, um, so there were a lot of different theories Um, in this particular case because you're dealing with a situation where you have... um, you know, two witnesses now that are actually cooperating um, were realizing that it, it was a drug, you know, uh, drug um, sale gone bad. And usually when you deal with those situations, um, a lot of times there's a reluctance for people to cooperate. You know, um, there was a reluctance to cooperate for many different reasons. People were reluctant because they didn't want to, tar, t- you know, tarnish his l- legacy. Um, in the industry, um, come up with, with um, fake theories. So there was a reluctance for people to cooperate. There was also the danger of people cooperating because now we know based on the, the information so far that this was a, a drug enterprise, so to speak, right? So there's always a reluctance for people to cooperate anytime you have high level narcotics enterprises. Right, and he was
0: such an And Dr. Rob, I'm going to ask you if you can check your Wi-Fi connection there because we're getting a little underwater sound there. But Chuck, his, his status as an icon too, it just kind of hurts all the way around. There's the, there's the loss... And then there's the fact that he came from that era when artists were not as much about their you know, more about their business than they were about the beats. You know what I'm saying? So what did you think when you heard that there had been an arrest in, the, in this case?
1: I mean, I was, I was really relieved. I mean, it felt good. Um, this is almost like an open wound for anyone that grew up on Run-DMC and Jam Master J. They were the first superheroes in hip hop. And, and Lisa, you know how much I love you know superheroes, but right. you know I have made no mistake about it. You know those guys were the superheroes that we could relate to. They walked around. Jay was the anchor of all of it because mm-hmm. he was the guy that really gave Run DMC that credibility with the people, with the hood. And at the time, I did I didn't know that, but as time went on, and I got to know Jay, uh, and you know, in particular, DMC. I came to realize, you know, just what a special guy and man that Jay was, you know, with all hip hop. He was one of our first supporters, you know, really. Wow. before. Yeah. I mean, he used to come to our events. I don't even have a picture with Jay. And that's that's the crazy. That's how cool he was. And that's how much I really felt like he was going to always be there. You know, I never once. You were know, started- never like,
0: let me take a picture because this is going to be the only chance I have to to yeah. memorize, you know, to memorialize this. Absolutely. This particular moment, Marley. In terms of, from the DJ, you know, from the DJ standpoint, just from him as a person, and I want to get into the, you know, the the touring and all that, all that kind of stuff. But just <laughs> from DJ to DJ, you know, we look at people in our own professions a certain kind of way. What what stu- struck you about his style and what he did?
2: Well, well, basically, when I went on tour with Run DMC, it was directly after the success of Roxanne Shantae's, you know, Roxanne's Revenge, you know, we was thrown into superstardom from out of nowhere. So basically we was on tour with him. We started out at the Omni. He used to have a um, place in Atlanta called the Omni. <laughs> and that's way back in the day, you know, we we started out there and just to see how, he would, you know, command the crowd and be the actual band for the DJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, it taught me a lot. It taught me that, you know, when you get on that stage, when you got 20,000 people screaming, you know, for your name, you know, you got to bring the energy up. So he taught me definitely how to bring that energy up when there's a crowd there. And he was a very commanding dude on the one and twos. He was the band. He was all the attention was on Jam Master J and he knew it. And you know how to projected back to the crowd too. So that's what he taught me. It was like, it was, it was, we had real fun times and that's in, you know, in the early part of their careers too. So they was just learning a lot about being on the road. You know, this is back when Leo Cohen was their road manager. So, you know, that was wow. like really, really long time ago, Yes, you know, so, you know, you gotta Shout think about it. You yeah. That's real talk. <laughs> Come a long way. But, um, you know, we had a lot of good times on tours and, you know, that was like the beginning for me because that was actually my my first big break to get out there and be in front of a tour. And, you know, he was showing me, you know, you know, the things to do when, you know, at nighttime, you know, this is what we do at night. This is when you know it's the nightlife of a tour dude, tour right. DJ.
3: So,
0: <laughs> so that was that was it. Was so so much more to talk about. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. We'll be right back.
1: Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers, real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot ninety seven.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on Jam Master J. We're talking about the man. We're talking about the music and his impact, and also major development in the investigation into his murder joining me for this conversation chuck creekmer he is the ceo and co-founder of allhiphop.com chuck great to have you with us um. and also joining us is marley Marl, dj marley Marl. he is a grammy award-winning producer he's a wbls dj and he's also a hip-hop legend and icon Molly, great to have you with us on this.
2: There you go. First, I'm a dad. That's what's up. Okay, first he's a dad. All
0: right, Okay, cool. First he's a dad. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Also joining us is Dr. Robert Gonzalez. He's a criminal justice professor at St. John's University. And he's also a former NYPD uh, training commissioner and has been involved in law enforcement uh, for some time. Um, Rob, in terms of the investigation, people were surprised that this turned out to be two individuals that actually knew Jam Master J and that he had actually tried to help. What's your take on that?
3: Well, again, the information, um, going back as early as 2007, uh, they had credible evidence. Uh, They were in the process of trying to indict one of these particular individuals at that time. But we know when we're dealing with narcotics cases and gun trafficking cases, there's usually a reluctance for people to cooperate. And what we might find out, and we don't have these details yet, is maybe one of these individuals at some point may be willing to cooperate against the other. Because this is a federal case, you're looking at a death penalty case here. Um, so again, there may be individuals turning on each other. Another individual, one of the two witnesses, could have been arrested for another incident and is now looking to cooperate. So again, when you're dealing with enterprise crimes, such as the level of this particular incident, <coughs> when they murdered a high-profile rap icon <coughs> like Jam Master Jay, You can expect that this investigation was never going to go away. Unfortunately, they may have exhausted some leads based on different motives and based on different intel. But now it seems they're back on track. The U.S. attorney from the Eastern District had enough evidence to indict and and come down with a 10 count indictment against these two individuals. And I would think that after 18 years, they probably have enough evidence to convict. And we're going to see a lot more details when this goes to trial.
0: As it comes out, Chuck, Chuck when it was announced, I just want to deal with this in, in as respectful a way as possible to his family and also to the fans and everybody who loved 100%.
2: him. 100%.
0: They said that this was over a beef over drugs, which when we hear about drugs and hip hop, it's no big, <laughs> no big shock, but a very large amount, 10 kilos of cocaine, allegedly. In terms of the how hard it is, sometimes the people that are super famous are not the people that are getting paid that way, You know, that are make, making the money. What, what was your reaction when you heard that?
1: Well, you know, my reaction was mixed. Uh, as you all know, as you can see, I'm a huge, huge Run DMC fan. Like, I love Run DMC and Jam Master J. Like, for real, for real. Like, not, like, not, like, for real, for real. So, um, that part of me is conflicted with the other side of me, which is allhiphop.com, the most credible. Site journalistically in hip-hop, right? So um, if you look at all hip-hop, you look at the archives, and you'll see we solved this years and years and years ago. And we've actually, you know, there was a documentary just a couple weeks, uh, months ago, on Who Killed Jam Master Jay, and we really didn't participate in it. Um, The truth is, is uh, the industry is, is grimy. It's hard. It's not for the faint of heart. It's very, very difficult. And once you get behind the uh, curtain or the glam and the glitz, a lot of people are suffering. So, for example, right now with the pandemic and coronavirus, there's scores and scores and scores of artists who aren't acting, who aren't working, who aren't performing, who can't tour, can't see, you know, I mean, a walkthrough, whatever, Their whole
0: income just shut
1: down. Everything. And so I'm not going to go into the details of Jam After J, just do your homework. But I'll say this. Um, it seems like things were a little tougher than we realized with him, even though he helped bring Adidas out of bankruptcy and, uh, you know, paved the way for every pop star in hip hop right now. And, and, and s- also,
0: too, from what people in the community said to me, even going back to the, you know, the very beginning, was that he would help people out. He'd record with them. He'd help yeah. to give them a demo. He'd do, he did a lot of things just straight up out of his own pocket.
1: I was just looking last night about um, on on a as a documentary on Onyx, the rap group that Jay signed through Def Jam with his own label, JMJ Records, and I was just like, I was just like, wow, you know, when you you know, just think about that, just that contribution alone, and and then there were scores of others. So people were sleeping on his couch. He was always in the hood, as you as we've noted, and I mean, he was just one of like literally the realest, most down to earth, cool cats. Right. So- and, and- Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, just so it just, it just hurts. You know, it just, it's painful.
0: No, definitely. And Marley, in ter- you know, no matter what the circumstances were, whatever it com- comes out, if the fact of the matter is he's the one who paid with his life. He's the one whose life was taken. And he is the victim here, no matter what the other circumstances are around that. But in, in terms of his, in terms of his personality, give it, I mean, you were with him on the road for hours and hours and hours and days and many, many days. Tell us about that.
2: Well, he was definitely a funny guy, man. He was definitely he had some jokes all the time. Um, he definitely, when it came to going on that stage and commanding that crowd, he was the one that most DJs looked up to. You know, most DJs looked at, I want to be like Jam Master J. I don't want to be like and No, I want to be like Jam Master J. I want to, you know, control that crowd. I want people to respect me on the streets. You know, I'm a matter of fact, I'm not going to leave the hood. I'm staying in Hollis. You know, I'm staying around the way we're going to do it the hood, the hood way, you know, and even from the styles from what they in which they came from, you know, they came with the straight Hollis hood style. This is how cats was dressing in Hollis walking around. It was it was something different in Brooklyn. It was something different in the Bronx. It was something different in Harlem. You know, this this is how cats was walking around Jamaica, Queens back (laughs) in the day. And so they brought that. They brought that light. That
0: swag, you know, that Queen swag. Come on, <laughs> yeah, call swag. it, it swag.
2: That's that. They brought that swag, and you know, and just you know, just think about. It. There's a lot of you know. Queens might have a lot of houses and you know private houses and backyards, but there's a lot of dark things that go on in Queens, if if you know what I mean. You know, all the way from, you know, from back in the day. You know, if if you if, if sure. you had a connect, most most connects in, 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 around New York City came from somewhere in Queens. Because the airports are there, that's where it came in, and right. so you know it's it's a it's a lot of dark secrets in Queens. It's a lot of it's a lot of private houses and backyards, but it's not it's not a place where you want to get caught up on one of those um back streets because there's a, street lot, a lot of or, lot or one
0: things. of these fast money yeah. schemes or something yeah. like
2: that. Yeah, for it's real. I mean, Queens is real. And and to see that people held out all this time should show you how real Queens is with that street culture. You know, they really on that no snitch policy. <laughs> and, and that's unfortunately, that's why, you know, one of the reasons probably why, you know, it it, it just
3: strung it so out for long. so long. And if I could just interject, when we look at the death of Tupac and Biggie, also we're looking at t- uh, icons, pioneers in the industry whose whose murders were never solved, you know, as a result of you know, the no-snitching policy. Right? So when you deal in this particular culture, you deal with fear, you deal with intimidation, right. and you deal with force. And unfortunately, people are reluctant to give up people. I mean, in Tupac's murder happened right, you know, in Las Vegas, you know, so there were people who saw but the were strip. still just rel- reluctant to cooperate on the strip. You yeah. know, so again, these are three pioneer icons in hip hop whose murders were were not solved. And now we have Jam Master J's after 18 years who was who was solved so that it's a win you know for the industry it's a win for the culture and it's a win for hip-hop
0: and also rob when we had uh, you know also the chinks murder was solved those two the two two men arrested oh, yeah. in his murder that was that was a queen's case it was a queen's rapper and yeah. the, the detective solved it in terms of you know using a lot of technology do you think now because you know in 20, 2020 or even like in the last 10 years <laughs> There's been such an explosive growth in forensics and technology, that type of thing, that even when you have a case like this where, you know, as, as Marley and Chuck are saying, it's like a lot of people are just not going to talk. They don't want to be involved. They don't want to be seen talking to anybody, that even when you have that uh, street culture of no snitching, there's, a, there's technology, there's forensics and things that can help detectives when they're trying to crack that kind of case. Is, is That's what's going on now.
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. As a result of the the, uh, advances in technology through surveillance, uh, through plate readers on vehicles, being able to track individuals through cell phones, uh, some detectives are actually able to solve crimes without even leaving the precinct station house. So through their offices, they're able to solve crimes just based on technology. Now what we're seeing is people, you know, having great relationships with communities and getting intelligence information from our community partners. We can never underestimate the power of community you know, engagement with the police department and the information that we get from them. So it's, it's a two-pronged approach, right? We use technology, but we also need great partnerships with our communities in order to solve this crime. And in this particular case, back in 2002, the advances of technology weren't as uh, significant as they are now. Right. But we have two individuals that are cooperating with the government, and we'll find out later why they're cooperating, You know what caused them to come out of the woodwork, <laughs> so to speak. And now help us solve this crime against the murder of Jam Master Jay.
0: Definitely. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back.
3: Hey,
1: what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. You did.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Jam Master J, the man, his music, and the investigation into his murder. Joining me for this episode, Chuck Creekmore, he's the CEO and co-founder of 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 allhiphop.com chuck great to have you with us salute thank you also joining us is marley marl the one and only grammy award-winning producer you hear him on wbls he's a wbls dj our hot 97 sister station sister station if i can say that right and um (laughs) he's also a hip-hop legend marley great to have you with us
2: happy to be here this evening
0: thank you so much also joining us is dr robert gonzalez he's a criminal justice professor at saint john's university and a former nypd training commissioner rob great to have you with us
3: thank you Um, for having me thank you
0: chuck in terms of the in terms of the culture because we see artists now in 2020 making money all different kinds of ways from merchandise to all these other different you know ways on digitally and that type of thing but the jam master j era when he was coming up when they were exploding when they were changing the culture and introducing people to this thing called hip-hop What were the money-making opportunities like then?
1: I think it was was much more limited. You know, my my views, you know, more as a fan than someone in the industry, it just seemed like you released an album maybe every year, and you were signed to a label, and you toured in support of that. And that seemed to be it. Nowadays, you have huge sponsorship opportunities. You have, you know... um, Partnerships and brands are now really receptive. And, you know, we all know that Run DMC didn't get their fair due as far as Adidas was concerned and other aspects of their signings, you know, being signed a profile for the, in this crazy deal that really threw their careers off and so on and so forth. So now we take for granted all the things that they had to go through. And, and we're talking like megastars. I mean, like, look at Run DMC from that era and what they were doing. Live Aid, and even if you listen to some of the lyrics, how much you know the kinds of cars people drove and the money they were getting—it's—it doesn't even compare. And if you look at what Kendrick Lamar, for example, gets for a party, you know, Mm. you know, it's like two hundred grand and three hundred grand, and Rihanna's a million. You know what I'm saying? So it was so different, you know, and you had to really push. Push. And really,
0: and really work and like put it, put in the time. Mm-hmm. Molly, give it, give us a sense about the whole financial game because you've been very successful with that throughout your, the, the different stages of, of your career. But give us an idea of like, you know, when you look at Jam Master Jay and you look at Run DMC. Well,
2: you got to look at it like this too. They was also the first people to have that success, so they, you know, then you know, you're not thinking about the future, kind of. So you know, you're spending a lot of money, you're living your life. Life life is beautiful until a hit stop coming, you know, and especially if you don't have any publishing, if you just the DJ, you know, the name of the group was called Run DMC. It wasn't called Run DMC with NJ and Jam Master J. The streets knew it as that, but the ru- name of the group was called Run DMC. So most of the pub, and, you know, he, he, made, he definitely made a lot of show money being the, the DJ, but, you know, the publishing, and which goes on, like a song like Walk This Way is which is, License for so much stuff these days, you know, that goes to the artists. Now, sometimes there's a lot of, you know, a lot of DJs who's just the DJs who's mad right now because the artist is getting all the pub and they they look at themselves right now. They want to be mad at the world and be like, oh, no, uh, I got done wrong. But, you know, you wasn't really, you know, you was part of the group, but you wasn't financially part of the group. And that's what happened in the beginning for a lot of DJs. They were just, you know, you got to look at the Spinderella salt and so pepper situation, right?
0: Same thing. Why? Why was that? Because you you look at where we're at now. You got, you got like a DJ Khaled, and he's he's got Rihanna's doing the feature on this song. So he, he got all smart, you barely he, hear him. But he, it's like a whole. It's like it's all flipped.
2: You got to look at it. I think DJ Khaled he followed that DJ Marley mall um, the playbook. DJ Marley Mall playbook, right? Because you know I, I made an album back in the day. They you know, they say, hey, Marley, Ain't doing an album. Trouble. I said, hey. Look, I'm I'm a producer. What are you talking about doing an album? I'm a producer. I'm behind the scenes. They said, no, do an album and, and get some of the, you know, do what you do as a producer. Just get an album, get some featured artists and put it out. And, you know, and that was, you know, my beginnings to see that there's another side of this game that being a DJ, I wasn't only the DJ for most of the artists. I was the producer too. So that meant that me uh, yeah, and my name wasn't on the marquee, but my, ma- my name was on the marquee. Right,
1: you your name, was on, your name right, was on the checks,
2: your name was on the checks. That's mm-hmm. a hundred percent. So, you know, that should be a lesson to some, you know, some of these DJs or DJ producers, you know, DJs are putting in a lot of work. No, if totally. it wasn't for the DJs, you know, a lot of these people would not even be, you know, just think if I wasn't a DJ, how many artists wouldn't have been out right now?
0: Like, give us an idea. <laughs>
1: Ooh, make some how many come careers
2: on. wouldn't have been re- re- you know
1: reinstated? Yeah. If you I mean, so we could do a whole new show on just Marley's. We're gonna do a whole mean. thing on the
0: evolution, of, uh, the evolution of the DJs. Um, Rob, let me let me come let me come back to to, to the case itself in terms of the yep. where it goes from here. They have these two guys. They've been arrested. They went. A mm-hmm. grand jury decides. Uh, just take it like. At what point do they go? Okay, there's enough here for a case. Like how do how does law mm-hmm. enforcement make that decision where they go? okay, we don't have a whole lot of witnesses we could parade in front of a, you know, in front of a jury, but there's this, like, what's, what's that, you know, level? Mm-hmm. Like, when do you hit that level?
3: Well, I think at this point, they're at that level. I think they have legitimate witnesses that are providing specific information and specific evidence, because if they did not have that, they would never uh, release the indictment. Uh, so I think we're going to be surprised to hear specific details about the incident. There's going to be finger pointing going on. There's going to be people that cooperate the evidence that was recovered at the scene, because I think if they didn't have that, they would have not arrested them and come down with the indictment. So I think we're past that point. What's going to end up happening now is, you know, they're going to be offering deals. There's going to be a lot of backdoor discussions. There's going to be a lot of evidence that's going to come out. But I think we're in a good place as it relates to this investigation. And hopefully the family, you know, hopefully the industry and the culture gets closure, you know, once this is all finalized, because right now for the last 18 years, We've, everyone in the industry, everyone in, in, in the public has been speculating on what the motive was, you know, for Jam Master Jay's death.
0: Exactly. I and mean, I interview I interviewed uh, some of the, the police officers, some of the de- uh, detectives in the cold case squad that work with the feds to try to break this case. They said they went all over the country and that there were some people that were around Queens at that time, you know, that in, in 2002 that had moved yeah. to other parts of the country, people that had maybe, you know, started their own families that had a different point of view on things and that their, their main, their main drive, they said, was to try to get some closure for his family so that they could just put this, you know, put it, put it to rest more in his death, more in their loss, but also feel like, you know, justice was done for him.
3: Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Run DMC was again, a pioneer in the industry. So again, there was, there was this desire not just from the NYPD, but also from the federal partners to put closure to this incident. This was haunting, you know, the industry of hip hop. And it was also haunting law enforcement because they couldn't get a conviction in this case. And it looks like we're headed in that direction. You know, so I'm, I'm confident that, you know, based on my experience, when you deal with a joint investigation with the federal partners and the NYPD and the U.S. Attorney's Office, that something is going to come out of this within the next year or so we'll get closure in this particular incident.
0: Okay, and then in, um, let's take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back.
1: Yeah, 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 salute. Hey, hey. This is General hey, hey. Steele from General Smith and & and Wesson, Smith and, Smith Wesson. And, and right now you're listening to Street Good Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Jean- real Lisa issues, real politics, politics, and real people. Only on, and really on Hot 97.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Jam Master Jay, the man, his music, and the investigation into his murder. Joining me for this conversation, Chuck Kriegmer. He's the CEO and co-founder of allhiphop.com. Chuck, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is the one and only Marley Marl, Grammy award-winning producer, WBLS DJ, hip hop legend, hit maker for many, many years. Marley, great to have you with us.
2: Blessed to be with you today.
0: Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Robert Gonzalez. He's a criminal justice professor at St. John's University and also a former NYPD training commissioner Rob, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you, Chuck. When you look at the uh, when you look at Run DMC, you look at Jam Master Jay. What do you see as some of their biggest contributions in terms of the culture?
1: Well, you know their contributions are everything. You know, first let's just talk music. First time gold, first time platinum, first time pretty much first time everything. Um, <laughs> first, you know, literally first MTV uh act you know literally just about first everything and then when you move past that you just look at the 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 uh prototype the dj two mcs you know for the longest time that was the prototype so after that you get uh epmd mob deep and all these other and um you know they were they were like the literal prototype of what a great rapper looked like you also have to think about what happened before run dmc right so i was talking to uh Melly Mel, Grandmaster Melly Mel, one, <laughs> when, one day he, you know, he like, he wasn't <laughs> feeling it. Like he was angry because Run DMC and Jay came through with this whole different swag. Like they ob- respectfully, I, I mean, respectfully uh, destroyed <laughs> everything. Um, they
0: came before it. Yeah.
1: So, you know, but, but speaking specifically of Jay, you know, he brought that swagger. I'll never forget, you know, when they say rocking without a band and Jay turns around in, in the Rockbox video. Mm. and But moving on, you know, uh, his impact, you know, we've noted his impact as a DJ, but you know, he also had JMJ Records and he was signing artists, like I said, Onyx. And he was becoming that sort of prototype, again, for business um, and bringing the innovation. So those that know Onyx, they also came out of Queens and he helped develop them and bring them along. So. We're not going to really, you know, we have to again chronicle our history and chart our history and and, and really respect, like I said, embrace our roots, as my uh, jacket says, and remember these people because, you know, without Molly Maw, without Run D M C, we don't get these great great acts that come through that, you know. So, I just say that um, Jay is everything to hip, and I and I mean that literally. Everything, everything, everything.
0: Marley, I mean what do I say after that? Marley the, in, in terms of his what you look when you look at him and having having worked with him and been on tour with him um, and run and, and Daryl in terms of the his his impact on hip-hop, what do you think like people looking back will be like you know if we study it the proper way like Chuck is talking about as, as you know it's history
2: Well, I got to tell you as a DJ. DJs were definitely looking at Jam Master J as a prototype on how to get up there and rock that crowd style-wise. They brought style to the game. You know, you got to even look at it. My my first record was called Sucker DJs. It was a (laughs) takeoff of Sucker MCs, you know, so we was definitely following them. They were everything to whatever hip-hop was at that minute. They were that. They changed it right into that style-wise. Rocking the crowd, you know, even the cars that they drove around Queens, hanging out in Queens, giving Queens love, bringing Queens up, you know, it was it was a very, very big moment and movement for hip-hop. They were everything that hip-hop needed to be at that moment, They and they was the first.
1: They By were the way- actually, no Jam Master J, no 50 Cent. I just yeah. had to throw that out there. Yeah. Why, do you,
0: you know? why do you say
1: that? I mean, he, he literally put 50 on. You That's know, he, right. Yeah, he was the first one to put 50 Cent on. So, um, I mean, literally, no Jam Master J, no 50 Cent. That's I mean, right. maybe, but doubtful. And
0: no afros. Come on.
2: No
1: afros. You know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 you brought this
0: now on I me. Mean,
1: what, what about that? <laughs> the
0: Afros. <laughs> that was a
1: movement. That was a movement. Oh, my God. I mean, if you know hip-hop, that was probably the most... Oh, my God. Marley, I was hating. I was hating so much because I could not be in that video. So, Jay signed all his boys to this group. It was like a novelty group called the Afros. Everybody's wearing these big Afros. And they had a song called Feel It. They dropped the album. But the video for Feel It was nuts. It was like a... It was like if you can remember Will Smith's summertime video, except just New York. Yeah. All all these cameo appearances. I yeah. mean, we, we I mean, we're sitting here reminiscing on on things as we go along, but again, you know, it's really like you have to remind yourself over and over and over yeah. what Jay brought to the game. Oh, yeah.
0: No, so so much and may and may he rest in peace. Um uh Rob, in terms of what we can look forward to ahead, what's your your best guess about what's going to happen now with this investigation?
3: Well, again, as the investigation unfolds, as there's discussions behind closed doors, we'll start to get better sense of what information they have relative to actually being able to indict, you know, these two individuals that committed this murder. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, within the next year or so, I think we'll get some closure. But What I do want to say is, unfortunately, the industry, there's an expectation for a particular lifestyle. And a lot of these law enforcement agencies have specific units that monitor, you know, uh, what's happening in the rap industry because of the violence that's prone to living that certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week type of lifestyle. And unfortunately, our, our, our entertainers are targets, right? So we got to, you know, be careful on, um, you know, um, how we monitor the industry through Twitter and things that are happening. Because, again, we've had three major icons between Biggie, Jam Master J, and Tupac killed you know, as a result of maintaining that lifestyle. Um, so this is something that, that's not going to go away because of the competition in the industry, you know, between one in, a, uh, um, one singer and another, one rapper and another, so on and so forth. So this, it's prone to violence, unfortunately, and we got to keep an eye on it.
0: Yeah, well, and that's, that's a whole other topic we should get into in the show is the state of hip hop and, and law enforcement. Marley, I'm going to give you the final word because you were on tour. Can you share with us, like, something crazy that happened when you guys were on the road. Cause you know, Roxanne was telling me about like, you'd roll into these towns and they're like, they're yeah. the ones from New York. It was like a really big deal.
2: Incredible. This is what um, something me and J and Master J created on tour together. You know, we used to, he used to hand it off. We used to hand it off to them after me and Shantae show, but DJ to DJ, he would come out first. And we used to do a thing called Jam Master Jay Marley. He would be on one set, and I'll be cutting my Marley. He'd be cutting his Jam Master Jay, and it was like Jam Master Jay Marley, Jam Marley, Jam Marley, Jam Marley, Jam. And the crowd just go crazy. And you know that was one of the moments that I, you know, that I treasure in my life. That I'm glad I was there to to see it myself and and do it. You know, so I'm gonna go out with that man. Rest in peace, brother. I'm glad that it's finally getting solved. rest in peace brother you are definitely missed and what you started and what you brought to the people they are still doing it you are missed
0: and his legacy lives on i want to thank you guys so much for being with us for this episode of sweet soldiers chuck Creekmore, marley ball that was a beautiful way to give us a closing uh for the for the show thank you so much for being with us and dr robert gonzalez thank you so much for uh giving us that, that insight on the law enforcement side. And thank you for joining me for this episode of Sweet Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.